So we are in week two of this series, which is called Living on a Prayer, a title that I made up all by myself with no help from any pop culture thing ever. Uh, and so we are talking about prayer. We're going along with the church series a little bit, but we're going off on our own. Uh, groups will still involve that, but we're going off on our own to talk about prayer. And last week we talked about the Lord's Prayer, and we talked about the template for prayer and just how it's talking to God. It's just literally talking to God. And sometimes we make it a lot harder than that because... Uh, sometimes we're afraid to talk about our, our deepest, darkest thoughts, or we're afraid to admit to things we've done, even when it's just us and God. Uh, but it's really just talking to him like we would our best friend, like we would somebody that we care about more than anyone else. We go to him when it's good. We go to him when it's bad. And we just share our lives, and it helps us to build a stronger relationship, just like with a best friend. The more you talk to someone, uh, the more you learn. The more you share, the more you gain, and things like that. And it's all good. This week we're going to go to... Uh, a sample, quote-unquote, prayer uh, from Psalms 4. And, and basically, if you're not familiar with Psalms, David wrote most of them, and it's kind of like his prayer journal. And so it's really pretty easy to read, and some of them you've probably heard, like Psalm 23 and Psalm 100 and various things like that. But in a lot of them, it's David just talking to God. And it really, as you go through them, it shows uh, just what it means to do that, what it means to pray, what it means to share. And so sometimes in his uh, Psalms, he's really praising. And he's like, God, this is so awesome. And I love life. And I love everybody around me. And thank you so much. And we like that when it happens. But sometimes he's like, God, this really sucks, and I can't believe that this is happening. Why are you allowing this to happen? Why have you done this to me? And sometimes he's like, hey, I really messed up, and please forgive me. And sometimes he goes and prays for other people, and sometimes, but it's just him talking and going to him and sharing and doing all of that. And so we're going to talk about that from Psalm 4. I'm going to start with verse 1. Uh, answer me when I call to you. O God, who, declared me, who declares me innocent, free me from my troubles, have mercy on me, and hear my prayer. So basically, that's how he starts. He just talks to God. And again, uh, we often worry a lot about what we're going to say, even if it's just our prayers. And I know that in public prayer, like if I were to ask everybody right now, hey, who would like to pray for me to begin this class? Like most of you would look straight down. Some of you would look right at me to kind of make sure that I don't call on you in this weird like power play thing. But some of you... Uh, would just feel very scared. And I get that because I feel scared when people call on me for that too. Um, I always, even though I pray often and I preach often and so I'm always talking, uh, we have meetings sometimes, like a stepping forward meeting, and they will start with prayer time. And I feel so inadequate and so like, what can I add here? What if I say something stupid? And this is the same thing I'm telling you not to think, but we think like that. However, I always find that when I do say something, none of the rest of them are like, oh, can you believe it? At least that I know of, can you believe what Jeff said? Because that's not how we work with prayer. We all understand that when we pray, it's legit. But we're not talking about public prayer. We're talking about going to God on your own. And so sometimes we're afraid to ask for big things, which we'll talk about later. Sometimes we're afraid to admit to things that we've done. Sometimes we're afraid to just talk to God because we've had a long day and we're really tired and we're afraid we'll fall asleep or we're afraid we'll repeat. We'll come up with all of these different reasons not to pray. And so what David does here is just kind of go straight to it and say, hey, answer me when I call to you. Now, we feel like that's kind of rude, but it's him saying, God, talk to me because he wants to hear from God. Because one of the things you'll hear a lot, especially from adults uh, that talk about prayer, is make sure that part of your prayer time is listen. And that's true. However, in practice, when we're doing that, like if you're just at, at home tonight and you're praying and you sit there and listen, a lot of the times, well, most of the time, you're not going to hear a clear voice back like we expect when we talk to a person. 
And so it's like, well, what am I listening for? What am I waiting for? And so our mind starts to wonder. And that's not what it's about. It's not about hearing a specific thing back. It's about taking that moment to allow him to speak to your heart, to allow him to fill your head with whatever image is coming to your head at that moment. It's, a, it's just taking that time because everything else we do is very busy. Uh, all of you guys, if you were to show me your schedules and I were to fill up that calendar over there that I've forgotten to fill for quite a while, but if I were to fill it up with all of the things that you have every day, uh, it would be like school from here to here, work, uh, studying, mostly studying, uh, pretending to study, things like that. It would be uh, sports, it would be band practice, it would be play practice, it would be Lego Batman, it would be all of these different things that just fill up the entire calendar. And when you look at it like that, it's like, what's happening? Like, how can we do this much? And so it's very hard then to, to focus on a prayer, and it's very hard to think uh, anything that's going to take a while. And so when David says, answer me when I call to you, he's not being rude. He's just saying, hey, I want to hear from you because I'm so racked with busyness. Everything is going on, even though he didn't have electricity and didn't have indoor plumbing. And so it really smelled and all this other stuff going on back then. He still had a busy life. And so he's saying, call me. And then he says, God, you declare me innocent. Honestly, that's probably more for him than for God to hear because God knows what he thinks of David. God knows David's life. But we get so insecure with what we do. Uh, I was thinking in one of the messages, I'm about to preach a lot on Sunday mornings, which is kind of cool for me. You can argue whether it's cool for the other people, but it's cool for me. And uh, one of the things I'm going to talk about is forgiveness. And there's this part, and I'm going to use this, and I forget which week it is, but it's about uh, Peter asking Jesus, how often should we forgive somebody? Seven times. And he's asking it, so that he can be like, so Jesus will be like, wow, seven, that's amazing, Peter, good job. And Jesus is like, no, seven times 70. And, you know, Peter's doing the math and like, wow, that's a lot. And uh, so the thing is, sometimes when we have to pray for forgiveness over and over again, or when we struggle with something over and over again, we start to feel like God doesn't actually forgive us. Now, we believe that he will forgive us, but we start to worry about it. And so that's what David is doing here. Even though at this point he's not had a super bad decision in his life, uh, he's still like, hey, declare me innocent. He declares me innocent because he has to talk to himself because prayer is as much about you being able to speak the things, think the things that are going on in your life as it is about anything else. And he goes on to say, free me from my troubles. Imagine if you could pray something like that and then all of your troubles go away. Now, I would love to tell you that immediately uh, God becomes a genie. And so it's like you ask him, hey, free me from my troubles, and everything else goes away. The problem with that is that's impossible as long as there are other people in the world. And so that would be bad. But what it does is it allows us to say, hey, I have troubles, and then to talk about our troubles and to share those with God, with other people. And so David is saying, free me from my troubles, and he's asking for peace. And by saying that, he's starting to get a handle on it. It does not mean he's never going to have troubles. It does not mean he's never going to struggle. It does not mean he's never going to hurt. It does not mean people aren't going to betray him. It doesn't even mean that he's not going to betray other people. But it means that he understands that the only way he can escape those troubles is by talking to God. Now, outside of that, they still exist. But in that moment, he is free from them because he's talking, he's sharing. He's not holding it in. Uh, I've counseled in my life a lot, and I have that training, and a lot of times we carry so much inside that we don't talk about, and sometimes it's not even that we're afraid to talk about, sometimes it's like, 
I don't want to burden that person with my problems. I don't want to make their life harder. And so that makes it that much more important to share that with God. Now, you should still share it with someone else, someone that you trust, someone that will listen to you, uh, someone that shares your faith, all of these things we talked about. But to share them with God is to not bottle them up because anything that you bottle up and just hold on to, eventually that bottle is going to break. And for some people it breaks in tears and it breaks in just not understanding how, how to stop crying or not understanding how to, to just put the bottle back together because you just feel everything all the time. For some people it comes out in anger. For some people it comes out in cruelty. For some people it comes out in people pleasing. There's all kinds of different ways that it comes out. But if you continually talk about it and you share it, and that's what David is doing here. We go on to the next part. How long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make groundless accusations? How long will you continue your lies? You can be sure of this. The Lord will set, or the Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call to him. So when we read this and we think of it as a prayer, it's like, who's he talking to here? Because this is like the best friend thing. This is where you talk to your best friend and you're like, can you believe what that kid did? Can you believe what they wore today? Can you believe what they said? Can you believe what they did? And you know, we all do that, even though we all say we don't do that. Um, but it's talking to him and saying, these people are hurting me. These people are ruining my reputation. These people are talking behind my back. These people are doing the worst of the worst things. They're cheering for Purdue. They're doing something that is just unforgivable to us. And he's telling God that. And we know that if we talk behind people's back, that's bad. And anybody that you talk behind someone's back with, they're going to talk behind your back with somebody else. But with God, it's different. It's not really complaining. It's just sharing and saying, hey, how long is this going to happen? And sometimes, like I said, we think of prayer as this very uh, straightforward thing where it's Jesus Please be with me and forgive me and thank you for what you've done and help me tomorrow. And that's good. But what David is showing us is that we can be ourselves. We can be real. We can say, I really hate what's happening right now. I really do not like what this person said. I really do not like what this person talked about. I, I just, I feel so betrayed. I feel so hurt. I feel like people are, are making up stuff about me. That's a prayer. That's talking to him. Uh, and then he says, you can be sure of this, the Lord will set apart the godly for himself and the Lord will answer when I call to him. That's him saying to God, this is how I have to cling to things, God. Because right now I feel like my world is just falling apart. I feel like I've got so much homework and so much stress and I'm worried about what's coming up next and I'm worried about my friends and I'm worried about my family and I'm worried about the world and I'm worried about everything. So how can I possibly deal with this one more thing? And I know that in my own life, sometimes uh, it can really feel like everything is cracking. Uh, I've talked about a lot that I struggle with depression. And so when, when you struggle with something like that, little things can sometimes set off big reactions. And I'm talking really little, like stupid things that nobody else even notices. Like this isn't a specific example or like a real example, but just for example, if I were to knock the paper off of this right now while I'm talking. Uh, some of you would laugh. Some of you would laugh a lot. But some of you would laugh. And then I would pick it up. And, you know, you'd kind of look and maybe snicker a little bit more. But then I'd start talking and you'd mostly forget about it by the end of the time. And next week you're not going to be thinking about it. But for me, I would be clinging to that. Uh, in fact, not that long ago, before I started wearing glasses sometimes, 
uh, I remember we were still in the, the gym when we were talking, so it's before we had our room. And there was one week, and I moved because everybody was sitting in the back, because everybody always sits in the back, because honestly, I sit in the back. But I moved my uh, podium or whatever I was using back to be with you guys, and I had my scripture there, and I could not read it because there wasn't enough light. And I was so embarrassed. And you're thinking, I didn't even pay attention to that because you pull out your phone like an old person and use the flashlight, which I didn't even know existed. Although, did you know that you can say like the, whatever the Harry Potter light spell is and it'll turn on your flashlight? Um, like Lumina S. I, I, anyway, side note. But I felt, I felt, that was Latin. I felt so embarrassed with that. Now some of you guys are trying to figure this out. But I felt so embarrassed with that. And it still is something that I think about sometimes. In fact, there are still things from preschool that I think about sometimes that were embarrassing to me. And you might be thinking, that is insane. And yeah, it kind of is. But we all have something that we carry that nobody else understands why we carry it because it only was personal to us or it only hurt us or it only affected us or it only bothered us. Whatever, I regret one other thing right now, but whatever it was, uh, we hold on to that. And so David is telling God, hey, you set me apart. Help me to feel like I'm set apart. You've given me a life. Help me to feel like I have a life. Just take care of me. And he goes on to say, uh, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. So this is a really weird part if you're just reading this. Because all of a sudden it seems like David is preaching to God and saying, hey God, remember, don't sin by being angry, which is dumb because God doesn't sin. Uh, and it's like, God, think about it overnight. But that's not what he's doing. He's telling himself that. And he's kind of using prayer as a way to say that without facing it in a way, but he's facing it, which is kind of weird to point out. But the point is, it would be really hard sometimes to admit to your friend, to admit to your family, to admit to somebody that you know really well uh, that you have a problem with anger, for example. But to talk to God and say, hey God, this lesson that I have, I'm going to say it to you because I need to hold on to it, because I need to remember it. And it's legit stuff. It's don't let anger control you. That's what we're supposed to do. Everyone here, everyone everywhere will get angry, because we will. Because somebody is going to go super slow on 129 next to somebody else who's going super slow and just will not pass even though it's ridiculous that they're in a passing lane, and that will make us upset. Somebody will uh, make fun of you at school. Somebody will cut you from the team. Somebody will beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Somebody will beat Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs because that's a constant. Somebody will do this. Somebody will do that. Somebody will upset you, and you'll get angry. And so David, very wisely, is not saying, hey, never get angry. But don't let anger control you and make you sin. And again, it seems like he's telling God this, but he's telling himself that through prayer. Because prayer is kind of like self-counseling in a way. It's going to God with your problems and going to God with your hopes and going to God with your dreams and sharing with him and building that relationship. But it's also being able to verbalize all of these things that are going on in your head. And so that's what he's doing. He's saying, hey, I need to hold on to this, God, so I'm telling you. And he's really sharing it. And uh, going to the last part here. Many people say, who will show us better times? Let your face smile on us, Lord. You have given me greatest joy, uh, the greatest joy. 
than greatest greater joy, I can't read, than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. He starts, basically what he's saying here is, everybody wants to be happy. And everybody says this is what's going to make you happy. Everybody says this is what's going to complete you. Everybody says that person over there will complete you. Everybody says that thing over there will complete you. If I can just get this one A, I'm complete and I'll be happy. If I can just get this one job, I'm complete, I'll be happy. If I can just get this one date, I'm complete and I'll be happy. If I can just get this one bill paid, if I can just get this one little bit more of money, if I can just get this one Fortnite victory, if I can just get this one IU championship before I die, that will make me complete and happy. That last one might actually do it. But that will make me complete and happy. And that's what David's saying. He's like, everybody says, who's going to make us happy? Who's going to show us better times? But only you, God, can do that. And he's trying to tell himself that and to remind himself that. And he's saying, you've given me joy. Even when I feel sad, you've given me joy in my life. Uh, we often, it's so much easier to focus on the negative. So much easier. Even if you're a mostly positive person, it's so much easier to focus on what is wrong with something or what is wrong with us or what is wrong with somebody else or what is wrong with the world than it is to focus on the positives. And I'm not going to tell you to put on rose-colored glasses and walk around saying everything's awesome all the time because the 60s are over and we don't do that. But what I'm saying is when you feel like that, go to God and say, God, let me list all of the ways that you've helped me. Let me list all of the ways that you've shown me joy. But also let me list all of the ways that my life has sucked. Let me list all of the ways that things are bad. Let me list all of the troubles that I have. But then you keep talking to him. And you keep sharing it with him. And you keep giving it to him. And it does not mean that your life is suddenly going to be perfect because it's not. One of the things that I wish more than anything when I preach, when I talk to people, is that I could tell you that if you give everything to God, everything is going to be perfect from then on. Like you're going to have no more problems. You're going to have no more debts. You're going to have no more... Uh, hurt feelings, you're going to have no more issues. I wish I could say that. Because if I could say that, like we would be packed in here. And I don't just mean in here tonight, I mean in the church, everywhere. We'd be packed because people would know that's awesome. But what I can say is like David here, who had problems and had issues, if we give them to him, then we don't carry them alone. There's an old poem, and I'm not going to quote it all the way, but it's called Footprints in the Sand, I believe. And you've probably heard it or seen it on something. But it's basically like this guy, and he's, sees all the, he's looking back at his life, and he sees footprints in the sand, which, smart title. And he sees the footprints in the sand, and he sees Jesus next to him, and he's watching like on the timeline, and then all of a sudden there's this horrible thing that he went through, and there's only one set of footprints. And so he's like, Jesus, where were you then? That's the worst part, and there's only one set. And Jesus is like, I was carrying you through that. When we're going through our worst times, it doesn't feel like he's carrying us. It feels like we are carrying the weight of the world. It feels like everything is falling apart. I get that. Believe me, I get that. But he is there. And that's what prayer shows us. That's what prayer reminds us. That's what prayer helps us to feel. That's why this series is important. That's why this prayer is important. That's why I like this psalm from David. Uh, one of these weeks, there's four of them, one of these weeks I'm going to talk about the psalm that he wrote, the prayer that he gave after he had committed murder and adultery and lied and all of these other things and just what it was like to ask for forgiveness for that. And I'm also going to talk about something uh, called the sun stand still where, where Joshua prayed for the sun to literally stand still. And it's such a cool story. 
But the main thing with prayer, and the thing that I will repeat each week in some way, is it is talking to God. It is sharing with God. But it is not about filling a checklist of how to be a Christian. It's not about, hey, the pastor said that I should pray more, so I should. It's not about, hey, the Bible said I should pray more, that I should. It's about understanding that by praying more, We connect more with Him. And by connecting more with Him, then when we face everything we face, like David's talking about here, we will feel Him in those moments. Again, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have those moments, but we will feel Him in those moments. When we have great struggle, when we have great pain, even when we have great victories, we'll feel Him in those moments. But it takes practice, and it takes making it a habit, and it takes working at it. If you have tried, let's say this past week, you tried to pray more. Because you're like, I really liked this last message, and I I really liked the group time, and I really liked praying, and I'm going to try more. And maybe you got like Monday and Tuesday, and you prayed a lot, or you prayed more than you did. And then Wednesday, you're like, I'm so busy, and I'm so tired, and I I can't do it. And then Thursday, you kind of forgot about it. And Friday, you didn't have time, and whatever. You might be thinking, I just can't do it. Or, I'm worse than everybody else. I can guarantee that even the greatest Christian that you could think of, has struggled with prayer at some point. Because even pastors, even bishops, even popes, which we're not Catholic, but you know that they exist, uh, they have busy lives. And so even the best of us screw this up sometimes. So don't hold yourself to other people's standards with this. Just try to do better. Uh, Dwayne, who came up with the small group stuff for the, the, the series. He has a saying that he uses all of the time, and I really love it, and it's just try to be 1% better. Because we're so focused in this world and in our lives of being perfect. And we all know, well, I can't be perfect, but we want to be perfect. Believe me, I hate when I mess up anything. And I want to win everything. And I will always want to win everything. But if we think about that... And it's like, okay, I need to have the best prayer life, and I need to do this every single day, and I need to do this every single minute of every day, and I need to be the best example. That's a really hard thing to reach, especially when you're just starting out. But if you say, I want to try my best, and I want to do a little bit better, and then tomorrow I want to try my best, and I want to do a little bit better than that, and just do that, that's doable. That's possible, and that's what David is doing here. And David absolutely was not perfect. Now, at this point, there were a lot of people that probably looked at him and said, wow, David's perfect. But he wasn't. Like, I've talked a lot about his sins and the bad things he did. That didn't just happen. Like, he had to have that in him before, and like he'd made other mistakes and all kinds of things that he held in or had temptations, blah, blah, blah. But he still tried. Even after that, he still tried, and he did better. That's all you can do in this series. That's all you can do in your life. That's all you can do in everything, is just try. And be a little bit better. That's all I got.